0: Welcome friends and family, and this is the ClickCast Presents Never Break K-Fabe, the NXT 2.0 weekly review show. I'm your host, Big Ron Studd, and as always, like and follow our Facebook page at the ClickCast. Go ahead and find us on Instagram at ClickCast333. You can find us on Twitter at, at ClickCast1. Hopefully you are streaming us on one of the many streaming services we are on. But we can be found on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and many, many more to come. Okay, with that out of the way, only took me like four takes this time. All right. Today we are reviewing In Your House, the NXT 2.0 special. They're not pay per views anymore. I got to stop using that word. But that's what they are to me. Damn it, they're still pay per views to me. But. Today, we're going to be In Your House. Actually, today is a very special ClickCast 2.0. Because today, we're actually going to have Jimmy Jam joining us later on to talk about the state of AEW and all the things that's going on since Double or Nothing. So, um, we'll have basically two podcasts in one. Um, I'll be talking about NXT 2.0, and then Jimmy Jam from the ClickCast will join us. We'll switch over to actual ClickCast and not just ClickCast MBK. And they will be talking about uh, what's going on in AEW and all the things with CM Punk and MJF and a lot of inter- interesting topics to cover. So, I want to make sure that's clear while the show may be a little doubled up today. So, anyway, with that being said, let's go ahead and focus on In Your House today. So, Wow! In your house, NXT 2.0 put on a hell of a show once again. Um, damn it, NXT came uh, came out and showed out. I thought it was a really, really good show, top to bottom. It wasn't anything terrible on the show. Um, all the matches really, I thought, hit home. I shouldn't say hit home. All the matches pretty much worked. The um, we'll get into the main event and how I thought it could have been a lot better. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't. We'll get there, I guess uh, I'm just thinking about that in comparison to the early part of the show. The early part of the show was really good, and uh I think the the thing that probably left the most to be desired was the main event matchup but anyway, we'll get into this, so let's start the show starts off with um l d f versus the family um kudos to these guys for putting on a banger for the opener. Really good match. We got to see uh Donovan Stax and Tony Two I D- I don't know what their names are. I'm not gonna lie. His the family's names are Tony D'Angelo, Stacks, and Two Dimes. Um, I'm assuming they're a lot more um green in the business or they're they're um much younger in the business compared to uh Legato de Familia. Legato de la Familia. Um I'm familiar with actually um Joaquin Wilde who was Zima Ion in the Indies and DJ Z and impact. Um not as familiar with um, Cruz del Toro, but obviously Santos Escobar was well-traveled and, and did a lot of work. And if it was a triple a or CML, don't quote me. I'm not sure, but um, he clearly is, is a lot of experience and I only say that to say that um hell of a match. I thought the family did a great job in the match. Legato, obviously, Working their tails off and making everybody look good in the match. Um, I didn't feel like they led the family around in the match, being the more experienced and what I thought was going to be the heels. Um, and we'll get into that too. Um, they didn't lead them around like I thought they would have. I thought the family held their own very much against um, Legato and really good back and forth, really entertaining opening match. Um, let's see let see. There, um, now what I noticed. I think I talked about this before. Um, I figured that the family were going to be the heels. I'm sorry, we're going to be the um, baby faces in the match because America loves uh, Italian gangsters. They love the mafia, and they're not really going to go for the, the dark skin. Um, uh, drug pushers that Santos and his crew were pushed as. So I figured, okay, we got our heels, we got our faces. Um, the the audience, on the other hand, were huge into Logato. They were huge Logato uh, chance early on in the match and often, and I'm not saying they were booing or going against the family, but I definitely felt like the uh, crowd at Full Sail had very much embraced LDF. I have to say that. Um, so great back and forth um the crowd was really into it there's a this is awesome chance somewhere in the match um let's see the match ends basically with um alba fire (laughs) alexa lopez hands out the brass knuckles to santos and um one of the family members grabs a crowbar, you know, both of their weapons. Um, the crowbar shot gets missed. And I think one of the family members gets hit or something like that. They take the crowbar and they missed in the, Legato takes the crowbar swings at, um, I think it was Cruz de Toro actually he took the crowbar and swung and missed at one of the family members. Um, as Santos got the nux, Tony D'Angelo got in there and kicked him in the gut, grabbed the knucks and knocked him out. And, um, Actually, I believe one of the family members rolled up um, Santos Escobar for the pin. So, um, there you have it. Uh, The family wins the match. Legato del Familia now has to work for Tony D'Angelo. That was the stipulation of the match. Um, Good match. Actually, I thought the build-up to this match was a whole lot of fun. I really um, started to enjoy the whole back and forth with the gangsters between Back and forth of, you know, the whole gangsterism, how it was doing one family pitted against another. There was two bosses and they were both ready to bring it. Um also want to mention early in the match, actually, actually when the match first started, um, I think it was Joaquin Wilde and two dimes were in the ring. And you see uh, a picture of Tony D'Angelo and Santos Escobar just staring Daggers at each other, and I thought that was a nice touch. And they, and they held on to this really deaf stare for the first few minutes of the match, which made it really feel like these two were two bosses who were really pissed off, and it was about that business time. So, um, just little things like that, I thought, I made me enjoy the match, and I thought that was um, pretty good for somebody like Tony Duan- Tony D'Angelo. Who I thought is very um fairly young in the business. So uh just little touches they had throughout the match, some things like that that I thought were really good. Um well done, well done. Um I'm looking forward apparently this is going to continue because now they're working for Tony. So um by they I mean Logato de la familia. So um I just wanted to say that again. So good. That's a good thing in that we'll get some more from these these uh, six workers, these two bosses, these two families. And I'm looking forward to see where the story ends up, actually. Um, good match. Good opening match. Um, next up, you have an Alba Fire video package, and then it cuts to Lash Legend talking shit. To, you know, she wouldn't do that with me, this, that, and the other. And I think it was a uh, Cora Jade that was there. It was like just you know, I maybe mean, it wasn't Cora Jade. It wasn't actually. I take that back. But um, somebody was there who was like, "Why don't you go handle her? Do something about it?" And then she refused, and so whatever. So I guess we're going to get last Legend and um, Alba Fire at the um, next NXT show with Alba Fire definitely definitely beating last legend because she's falling and she won't get back up. Um, next up, we have the uh, women's world tag team championship match with Kaden Carter and Katana chance versus the toxic Avengers. I know they're toxic attraction. I just like saying toxic Avengers, Gigi Dolan, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane of toxic attraction. Gigi Dolan, if she was married to a former, then deposed religious leader, she would be Yami Faye Baker. The girl is thick, and she's not getting her props. She um she got it going on. Go ahead with your bad self, girl. Um, I feel like J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan are like former porn names. I need to look it up. I know they were. I'm not that I'm into porn anyway too much information but i'm pretty sure they were that's what they sound like to me that's what they look like when they come out they give off the porn star vibe um i'm a fan so there toxic attraction is out there um and katie carter and katana chance look really good actually um lots of really good tag team moves you know um throughout the match it made them look like they had worked together for a long time um but as what i figure, the match ends up with a um Let's see. There was a punch from the outside and a bridging suplex from Gigi Dolan. And she pins one. I I think it was Katana Chance. She pins one of them and toxic attraction wins. Uh, Solid match. You know, Um, I really thought that uh, Cade and Carter Katana Chance worked well. I would like to see them get another shot at some point at the world tag team titles. Once they built those two up as credible um, threats to toxic attraction. Um, I think they definitely have a lot of potential as as tag team, a women's tag team, an actual team, an actual unit, because that's what they look like to me. As a well, not opposed to well, Toxic Attraction, they worked well as a team. I give them that. It's just that the other two definitely have more moves and um, look like their work together was a little bit more crisp than the other two. But it was a good match. Don't get me wrong; I'm not putting down Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane at all. Uh, I think they do a good job in the ring too, and um, yeah, good match. Definitely, uh, definitely, definitely, the second match brought it to uh, good times so far. This is a good show with these first two opening matches, and now we're getting into the match I was looking forward to throughout the um, throughout this whole show. The one, uh, the two matches I was looking forward to were going to be the Family versus LDF. And uh, this match, Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes. And as I said before, these two have fantastic chemistry together in the ring, their money, Um, even in promos, their money together. Um, The match starts out with some really good back and forth, some unbelievable back and forth. I just want to mention that Trick, when he came out, Trick Williams had a pimp stick, which I thought was the shit. It never came into play. It should have. It was a dope ass pimp stick. But anyway, moving on. Um. Great back and forth, great action, and I'm going to compare this, actually, this is the, I'm sorry, I didn't mention this for the North American title. I'm going to compare this to the world title match when I get there, but lots of action, really good storytelling where um Carmelo Hayes, who will hit a move and Cameron Grimes will counter it or come back with another move. He has something for, Carmel. I'm sorry, Cameron Grimes always has something to come back with for um Carmelo Hayes. The story was they were, um, basically equal as, you know, Carmelo Hayes believes he's better than everybody. And Cameron Grimes is showing that he can match him move for move. And they're going, there's a lot of good back and forth. Trick waves does get involved in the match. He tries to tie Cameron Grimes, um, hand to the ring rope with his rag, with his bandana, which was really goofy looking. But anyway, back and forth at one point, um, Trick Williams grabs Cameron Grimes' leg, and Cameron Grimes gets out of it and hits that, like, country stomp when he jumps on you and stomps you out. Basically, his finisher, he hits that on Trick Williams on the apron. Or at another spot, um, Carmelo Hayes hit, like, a tornado DDT from the ring to the outside and and hits the DDT on Cameron Grimes on the apron, which is a really sick move. It looked really nice. Again, these two work really well together. So the things they come up with and the things they do always look smooth. At one point, um, Cameron Grimes hits a poison rana. There's a back and forth, and um, both throughout the ring. Like I mentioned before, Trick Williams grabs Cameron Grimes' leg, and then Hayes hits a um. Oh, I just jumped all over shit, huh? Um, after he does that. Cameron Grimes hits the stomp on Trick. He gets in the ring and gets caught by um, Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes gets the top rope, hits that flying leg drop. One, two, three. We have a new North American champion. Yay. I'm glad because I think the belt works well for Carmelo. I'm sorry. Yeah, for Carmelo Hayes. Um, I'm actually hoping to bring these two apart now because they have been working together for like the last three uh, big shows they've had. So. Mm I would love to see Carmelo work with somebody else. I'm assuming it's going to be Solo Sokoa, even though he wasn't promised by Carmelo the next championship match. They're all saying that he gets the next championship match. So um, Solo versus Carmelo would be great. And then maybe Solo wins that time, wins the belt, and Carmelo can be free to move on to the heavyweight picture, which I think he belongs in. He should be up there soon enough. But like I said from the beginning, these two, I don't think they can have a bad match if they try. Excellent work by those two guys. And I'm looking to see what's next on the horizon for Carmelo and where he goes now with the North American title. And if it's really just a setup to get it to solo. So Carmelo can start working the heavyweight title picture. Um, Really good show so far. I wrote that down. I'm enjoying everything. Then you have the Joe Gacy promo. I'm sorry. I'm not a Joe Gacy dude. Um, He comes off like a poor man's Bray Wyatt to me. I think. Bray Wyatt did a great job of playing a, a believable, crazy person, whereas Joe Gacy comes off like somebody who's trying to be crazy. So there's, that's the difference. Um, Bray Wyatt worked it very well. It was subtle when he had to be and over the top when he had to be, and Joe Casey's just always over the top with his ridiculous facials and just not a fan of this dude's work so far. Uh, I think if he toned it down a little bit, and and got more um, concentrated on how you think his character should go instead of just being all out there for the sake of being out there, it would be better. It'd be a lot better. But um, cause I think the premise of the character is, is cool. Actually, it could be a very well-worked character. Just Joe Gacy is taking it so over the top that no part of it is believable. And no part of it is something that I'm even like interested in seeing. Like, again, I compare him to Bray Wyatt because that's what I think he's trying to do. he, But it's not working And we'll get into that Joe Gacy later on So next up we have the women's championship match We have Mandy Rose versus Wendy Chu Now here's the story of this match I never thought Wendy Chu had a chance to be the champ Like nothing about her gimmick makes me feel that she was going to be the champ So watching this, this feud play itself out Watching the build up and the setup for this match and everything else, I never thought one of 2 was going to be champion. So the fact that she's not the champion, yes, I'm going to spoiler alert: she doesn't win, doesn't surprise me. So I think it kind of took away from the match. Plus, did the, the silly setup with all the games and the tanning bed stuff and just a lot of silly shit. And this and this doesn't actually match up with toxic attractions and Mandy Rose's character. So it was just like silliness with them trying to play the bad bitch role. It was just didn't make sense. So um we get this match. It's a decent match. You know, Winnie Choo can work. Mandy Rose can work. She's gotten so much better actually. And she's really uh working her character well so she knows what to do in the ring as as her as her as it goes for her character. So um it's it's working well for her. I'm glad this is working out for her. She's showing like her real chops and she's good. Uh, Wendy Chu's gimmick prevents her from being a credible uh, title contender. Uh, she came out with a tracksuit, which is really funny to me. I did. I noticed that in the beginning. And at some point she tries you know, to take the tracksuit off. It's like a legit tracksuit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure she bought it off some Russian or something like that. Anyway, it was funny because at some point she tries to, like, take the tracksuit off she had to unzip it you know i don't know if it was a whole one piece the way it looked but whatever she tries to like unzip it and take it off and show her toxic attraction t-shirt with her faces crossed out but i think because she was sweaty it was like middle end of the match and she was pretty sweaty and tried to take it off it got stuck and it really wouldn't come off so she had like one arm in and one arm out and she was trying to do moves it was funny as hell to me i just was like yeah i know that tracksuit yeah i know that life once those things get wet, they clingy. They're clingy to you than a stage four clinger that you met at the club and won't go home. Um, come on, now I'm thinking on the fly. But the match wasn't long. The match is kept relatively short. Um and and Mandy Rose, as as I assume, wins the match. Um good. Move on from the Wendy Chew thing because They need to revamp that whole character if they wanted her to be a credible title contender. If they wanted us to be a comedy character, then so be it. She shouldn't be fighting uh, for the women's championship. I've said my piece. And it wasn't a bad match. It just, you know, it's never started as as being a champion. So it was what it was. Um, All right. Next up was the NXT Tag Team Championship match. All right. This is the creeds versus pretty deadly. Now I couldn't tell whose outfit was worst on this. Was it pretty deadly with their like micro mini t-shirts they were wearing? Or was it the creeds who were dressed like, well, they look like highlighter markers, like even down to the trim. It was just very just like I was waiting for them to help me with my psychology paper. Like I wanted them to show me what I need to remember for for biological psych and that class was difficult. But anyway. Um, let's see. What I noticed I have to go back and watch this match because I got distracted. I had to go back and watch this match and um I what I noticed is that pretty deadly bump there Asses off for the creeds. Kudos to Pretty Deadly. Um, it was clear to me that they were the more experienced of the two. Obviously, the creeds are very, very young in the business, and and I'm not familiar with Pretty Deadly, but apparently they did a lot of work over at NXT UK. Um, they guided the creeds through this entire match. They bumped around for these guys and made them look like a million bucks. Um the creeds need work. They need experience. Um, their move set looks, <laughs> it's not, let's not say that, uh, their move set works for them, but they need more snap in their moves. Like they need to hit those moves and make them look real powerful where I felt that pretty deadly was doing all they can to make their moves look like that. Once they get that snap in their moves and able to bust them off clean and not feel, see that hesitancy and kind of like, unsureness they have at times going into the moves going into uh going into the ring itself at times uh once they get that they're going to be like a modern day steiner brothers you know i know funny was brown as a champion but they're going to be like a modern day steiner brothers like their build they they're thick like um amateur wrestler looking dudes thick old necks brutus creed looks like a ball he has a kind of ball move he looks like a ball he does um but again when I went back and watched this match, um, I really want to give it up to Pretty Daily, who I've been giving the business to this, this for the past three or four weeks. Uh, they walked the creeds through this match. They did their jobs well. They really did. They made the creeds look a million bucks. Um, the creeds go on to win the match. Actually, I'm surprised that this happened because I thought the setup was going to be that they get kicked out of Diamond Mine. There's a few with. Um, Roddick Strong and Damon Kemp Versus the Creed Brothers and then they move on To their world title shots um, Especially since Deadly, or Pretty Deadly is good at getting heat and I figured They would use them for another one or two title Matches before the Creed got there But uh, they put their belts on the Creeds, And um, They just need work, they're good They're solid, solid workers, just need work um, I like the match And uh, Again, shout out to Pretty Deadly For really doing their jobs well just the crease needs to get a little bit better and ter- tick and putting those moves over that they do. And once they do that, this is going to be a top-notch team until they get destroyed by, by the big machine and brawl and mystic man, and they become something ridiculous. They're going to become the new pretty deadly. That's what's going to happen. And God help me if they put Brutus in a half micro mini shirt. So, final match. Final match was going to be. NXT World Title Match. Um, this show was not long—two hours and fifteen minutes—and I'm not mad at that. Uh, good job doing that. It was—I guess you can almost say—was it a, was it a regular NXT show? No, it was paced well. Um, and I, I thought, after noticing it was wasn't it, was only a two hour uh, show, I wasn't mad. I thought I it, it was they done a great job pacing the show and putting it out there. And easily digestible for what is going to be to a lot of people a completely new crew of wrestlers that they're not familiar with, and so getting them a show that is kind of in and out that you can enjoy and doesn't drag on is exactly what this what this uh, group of wrestlers needed. So, the NXT World Title Match: Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy. All right, a lot of punch, kick, lot of punch, kick, lot of rest holds. Um, the stipulation in this match was that if Braun Breaker loses his cool and does something to get disqualified, then he will be, um, he'll lose the title and Joe Gacy will be our champion, which nobody wants to see. Uh, again, Joe Gacy, poor man's Bray Wyatt, his facial suck. He's trying to be crazy. He acts like he's trying to be crazy instead of being a crazy person. He's way over the top and, and true craziness is a lot more subtle than that. Trust me. It's in my family. So, and watching this match, I noticed there were a lot of rest holes, a lot of punch kick. Um Joe Gates was clearly more experienced, and I thought he was, as the heel and as a more experienced person, he was getting um, Braun Breaker through this matchup, but it was very slow-paced. slow, p- slow paced. And I even at one point was wondering, what are they building towards? What are they building towards? It seemed like they were building towards a big spot. Um Very slow-paced match. The was getting involved like, like once or twice throughout the match. Um... What was wrong to me is I I talked about it or I brought it up a little earlier, what was wrong with the match to me was that with there being the stipulation that if Braun gets disqualified, he loses the title. Joe Gacy didn't do enough to upset Braun Breaker. It was like again, the straight match through and then what the spot that I talked about that they're building up to because it was a slow pace match, and what they were building up to was when Joe Gacy grabs a chair. The druids get one of the druids get up on the ring apron to distract the ref. He slams a chair on the mat and drops down, you know, Eddie Guerrero style, indicating that Braun Breaker hit him with the chair. Um, and that was the spot they built up to, as far as the whole disqualification angle of the match. Uh, the referee's about to call disqualification until another referee slides into the ring and. And tells him no it didn't happen. So it was like that close to the title being changed. And um other than a chair shot at the end where the chair comes back into play at the very end, um that was the only two times where Joe Gacy really tried to to tempt Breaker into um into disqualification. Um poorly done. Poorly done as far as the layout of the match. I remember when this same similar match happened between Christian and Randy Orton, Christian did things throughout the match to try to taunt Randy, to try to piss him off, to try to get him off his game. And finally, Randy kicked him in his nuts. (laughs) So it was like, it was the whole point of the stipulation is to do things throughout that match to tick off Brian Breaker to get him to do something to get disqualified. And that didn't happen. Um, At one point, there was a cool spot where Joe Gacy gets speared off the ring apron and through the table, which could that have been a disqualification? I don't think so. No, I would not. But it, that that stipulation only played out in the ring once, really. And the second time was when Brown Becker grabs a chair and goes to swing it and he hits ends up hitting one of the Druids. The referee was right there and he gets out of the way. But he ends up hitting the, one of the Druids. Joe Gacy goes for his like handspring hands and goes for a springboard move and <laughs> springboard handspring spring move. That's what I'm trying to say. And Joe, I'm sorry. Braun breaker hits Joe Gacy with a spear and then the gorilla press for the slam gorilla press into the power slam for the win. Um, slow pace match. Not a lot to it. I do believe that Braun breaker can work a main event style just this wasn't it this just was really slow and kind of boring at times boring in the sense that i thought that they could have did a lot more of the stipulation to make it more interesting to feel like he was almost constantly he being Braun breaker almost constantly on the edge of losing his shit and about to um go ahead and get disqualified and it didn't happen he kept his head throughout the match for the most part so simulation ends up being kind of a moot point point. and with that being said um in your house was a good show the main event was i right. um Cameron grimes and Carmelo hayes steal the show they they had the best match of the show clearly in my mind um don't at me uh surprisingly good match between legato de, de familia and the family, um, surprisingly good, and I'm looking forward to seeing this story continue. And uh, kudos go out to the uh, world tag team match: Pretty Deadly versus the Creed Brothers. Uh, Pretty Deadly bumped their ass off and made the Creeds look great. And looking forward to seeing what happens with the Creeds as world champions. I'm hoping, um, I'm, I'm knowing they're going to get better, but they definitely need a lot of work. And I'm still a little surprised they put the belts on them this early. Because I I thought that storyline was going to play out with Diamond Mind a lot differently. So, uh, again, we'll see what happens next. Uh, Overall, solid show. Really solid show. Paced well. Didn't go on for too long. Um, Everybody did did a good job of of representing NXT 2.0. As much as I wanted to shit all over this company and make NXT 2.0 reviews be uh, a show where I just bang on it terribly. It's not that it's actually turned out to be really good. I'm into Carmelo Hayes and trick Williams. Um, I'm hoping and hoping that Cameron Grimes sticks around and doesn't get bounced up to, uh, raw and get lost in the shuffle. Um, definitely want to see what happens next with toxic attraction. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. A lot of good workers there and, um, some entertaining stories. The world title picture, hopefully is moving on far from Joe Gacy. And, um, At some point, I'm going to see Carmella Hayes in that picture. But so far, so good, NFC 2.0. Very good show. Very good show. Enjoyed it a lot, and I'm looking forward to more. So now we're going to have – next up is the Click Cash show, where Jimmy G.I. will be joining me for – an update on AEW and what the hell is going on with those guys. It's been a lot of shit that went down with AEW. And I thought bringing in Jimmy, you to talk about it on the click cast would be fun. So see ya when we get there. What's up, my man, double J holla at me.